Masechet Ketubot, Afchavtet. We begin a brand new topic which has to do with Knas fines that are due to a Ne'ara, a young woman who is raped or seduced. Elu Ne'arot Sheyeshlem Knas, the following deserve to be paid this kenas should they be, be vi- victim to such a crime. All right, we're going to be referring a lot to these two sets of pisukim. One in Devarim is talking about the victim of rape. Ki is reads, Kim sa ish na'ara betula. So you see it specifies that it's talking about a na'ara, which the Talmud was going to going, is going to explain. It's talking about a young girl who is both 12 and has two uh, hairs as sign of her uh, growth. And she is a betula. Because she's a betula, when she gets married, she would deserve 200 zoos. And now this rapist is, uh, in addition to, he's, he have to pay a lot of things. Uh, he'll have to pay for her pain and suffering and shame and all that. In addition, he's going to have to pay because now she's no longer a betula. So if she was not yet engaged to anyone and he grabs her and has relations with her forcibly, and then he is discovered. They are discovered. If he has to give to the father of this young girl 50 kesefs. This is important because now we define exactly what that number is. And furthermore, and he must marry her if she wants. And he cannot divorce her unless she wants to divorce him. Uh, now, why, why would he, she want to divorce, want to marry him? Who knows? But the point is that she, he is uh, now obligated to feed, clothe, and give her shelter for his whole life. So that's even more than the 50 shekel. Okay, it could be, um, you know, people that know each other or whatever. And uh, he's going to have in mind, listen, if I violate her and know she's no longer a bitula, I'm going to have to marry her. So you could think of it as a kind of a date rape type of case. And um, if she is okay and, and he does this, um, well, he should have married her first. If he doesn't, uh, then he is obligated to marry her uh, if she's if she's agreeable. If not, then he just pays this fine and then they go their separate ways. All right, that is the case of um, uh, uh, of rape. Now, the Torah in Sefer Shemot has a similar case. Kifate ish betula. Here it doesn't say naara; it just says that she's a betula. And yifate means seduces. Uh, Torah understands that uh, seduction of a young girl is the same as rape, and therefore he has to pay as well. Uh, there's no willingness uh, on her part. Uh, her consent is not is not um, uh, considered. Uh, consent. Um, again, she is not engaged. If she is engaged, that's a whole nother law because then it rises to the level of um, and so he sleeps with her. Then he has to give her a mohad, meaning a bride price. So this is important that here it calls it a bride price. Um, if he, the father refuses to give her to him in marriage, then he has to pay this amount, uh, the amount of mohad betulot. Now, you see here, it doesn't define what the amount of mohad is. In the case of rape, it says that it's 50 shekel, 50 kesef, um, but chamishim uh, kesef. But here, it doesn't call it mohad. Uh, so this is important that we're we're going to connect these two together in a Gezerah Shavah today to teach us that the regular mohar 
for any case of a betula is going to be 50 shekel, which ends up being the same as the 200 zoos that we started off the Masechet with. All right, so now we are ready to read the Mishnah. The following now dot get a kanas if they are raped or seduced. Someone who rapes or seduces a mamzeret, a young girl who is who's, who was uh, born from incest or something. So she's a mamzeret. Now the chidush here is that although the rapist is not permitted to marry the mamzeret, and so he might claim a way to get to get out of the um, uh, out of the fine to say, listen, I'd be willing to marry her and take care of her her whole life, and so now I shouldn't have to pay the fine because. Uh, it's not, I'm not, not marrying her because she doesn't want. I'm not marrying her because I'm not permitted to. So we might think that. And so the Mishnah comes to say, even though he can't marry her, he still has to pay the fine. And that's the same for all the next cases. Balha Nitina. And Natin is, um, a descendant of the Gibeonites, who were a tribe within Eris Kanaan. And they came and they tricked Yoshua and told them, no, we're from far away and we want to make a peace treaty. And they converted. Um, but he would not have, Yoshua would not have accepted that if he knew that they were members of the land of Canaan and that, and, uh, not far away. And so therefore they did, uh, convert and their conversion is valid. Uh, but because they did it through trickery, uh, Yoshua, uh, it says he made them to be like a stat, like a lower status that they had to draw water and gather wood and not permitted to marry them. Okay, so also that's the second category of someone you're not allowed to marry. A Lakutit, uh, a Samaritan woman. Samaritans are descendants of the northern ten tribes, but they're mixed in with foreigners that came in from elsewhere. However, when they came in, the says in uh, chapter 17 of Sefer Melachim that lions came to attack them and they got scared of the lions and they said this must be because we're not worshipping the God of this land correctly. And so they brought back a Kohen and they converted as Machloket, whether that was a, a valid conversion or if it was only out of fear and an invalid conversion. In any case, they are not Jewish. Um, uh, they were not Jewish, but maybe their conversion is okay. One is not allowed to marry them, no matter what. Okay, so that's the third category. If a man would rape or seduce a kutit woman, he would have to pay this fine. Habala giyodet. Now, that's the first set. Now, second set. Now, the man only has to pay this fine if someone is a betula. The following, we have a reason to to be suspicious that they are not a betula because they were born not Jewish. So someone who was a convert or she was taken captive. She's Jewish, but she's taken captive. We suspect that she was violated when she was taken captive, and that happened before the rape. Or she was a a Canaanite slave, non-Jewish slave, and either of these people that the Shivuya, she was redeemed, or the convert was, the non-Jew was converted, uh, or the Shifcha Canaanite was freed, and all that happened were before they were three years old and one day, then even if they were violated or did have relations before they were redeemed or cap or, or, or uh, before they were taken captive or before they converted, nevertheless, any act under three is not considered an act at all. Bitulim grow back. 
and therefore all of these are considered betulim, betulot, and he would have to pay. If, however, a woman was taken captive after three years old or converted after three years old, then we assume, unless, you know, proof otherwise, as we saw in the previous pedic, we assume that they were vile and no longer a betula. Therefore, this rapist would not have to pay for the betulim uh, because he, uh, he, um, he didn't uh, take that away from her. He'd have to pay other things, but not for that. Okay. Haba al achoto, val achot aviv, al achot imo, val achot ishto, val eshet achi, val eshet achi aviv, val anida, yeshtahem kenas. Now the following are all included in incest, and so a person is not allowed to marry any of these people. So again, you might think since he can't marry them, he doesn't have to pay kenas. Furthermore, all of these are prohibited in karet. It's not listing here relations that would be isur, that would be chayav mita, bide adam. Because if someone is chayav mita bide adam, then they're going to get killed in court. And we have a rule that if you get uh, two, if you deserve two punishments, you only get one, the more severe. So getting death penalty is going to be more severe, and therefore those would get the death penalty. We're not talking about that. Everybody here is karet. Karet is bide shamayim. So you can get karet and also have to pay a fine. That's the chidush here. Um, so if uh, someone uh, is uh, rapes or seduces a girl who happens to also be uh, his sister, father's sister, mother's sister, wife's sister, brother's wife, or father's brother's wife, or Anida, yes, they do. He, he does have to pay, even though he can't marry her, and even though there is karet. Yes, afapishe hen behi karet. And behen midat mitat betin. But since they don't get killed by the court, we do not apply the principle of kim le me that we only give them the more severe punishment. They can actually get both punishments because one is bideh shamayim and one is bideh adam. All right, that's the Mishnah. Now, question: Hane ne'arot pesulot itlu kenas kesherot la. The Mishnah is, uh, sounds strange. It says these get kenas, these that are problematic. Uh, because they were, um, you know, mamzeret and etina. Sounds like these get one. But if it was a kosher uh, girl of good lineage, then they wouldn't. Why not say kosher? Uh, why not start off with the regular case of a kosher girl who would, who is marriageable, who certainly would get the kenas? Hachika amad is what we mean to say. Elo ne'adot pesulot sheyesh lahem kenas. Um, these, what we mean to say is the following uh, uh, girl or young woman are uh, unfit and they nevertheless have kenas. Of course, if they're kosher, they have kenas. And that's the first three. Okay, nara'in ketana la mantana. So it sounds here, it says na'ara, which is that 12 to 12 and a half range. They're the ones that will get the kenas, this fine. But if she's under 12, a ketana, uh, sounds from here that uh, this Tana would say, no, that is not paid for a minor. So who whose opinion would this follow? It's subject to a machloket. So we would follow here to be Meir, who says in this Braita, if you have a girl from one day old until she develops two hairs, we'll assume that's 12. 
so she can be sold if a father is a very poor, down and out. So there's a law he can sell his daughter as an shifcha ivriya, and she would work for six years. And then there's laws about that that the boss or a son could marry her. Otherwise, he has to set her free. Okay. Um, so there is the law of selling in, uh, for uh, ketana, but not fine. Okay, it's one or the other. Um, however, once she has two hairs, until she gets, until she's an adult, and that would be defined as 12 and a half, during that short time period, she, if she's raped, she deserves, she gets that fine, um, but she cannot be sold. So it's one or the other, according to the Bimeir. So the Bimeir would be the author of Amrishnah that says nada only and not ketana. Only one of the laws can apply, and if you have mecher, there's no kenas. That's when the ketana. And if you have kenas, there's no mecher. That would be the law of a ne'ara. Chachamim disagree, and they say from three years old and one day, that whole time, all the way until she's twelve and a half. She, uh, she would uh, be deserving of getting that, of receiving that fine. Uh, so this cannot be the author of the Mishnah. Now we ask, Kenas in mecher la according to Chachamim, would they say that they get the the fine but cannot be sold? Uh, that can't be because the whole law of selling uh, one's daughter is talking about when she's young. That that's that whole time period when she's under twelve. So it can't be that it would be exclusive. So rather, they would say that it's possible that both laws apply at the same time, uh, that a father can sell his uh, his daughter under 12 uh, as um, as a maidservant, and the law of Kenas applies during that whole time period and even afterwards until she is 12 and a half. All right, good. Now, now, we're going to question the foundation of the law, very first law of the Mishnah. Why should these girls who are not marriageable uh, receive a fine? Uh, after all, the Pasuk in Devarim says, and she will be to him as a wife. Only, it should only apply to a woman who is fitting to be a wife to him. And then she doesn't want to, so he has to pay this fine. Um, but if she's not fitting to be a wife, then what's the reason? Um, then, then if not willing to be wife, then he should not have to pay. So if you look, it says the word na'ara three times. So as Shakish says, so one is to teach the very basic law that na'ara gets the fine. Another one is to include um, a woman who you're not allowed to marry because of a love, like a mamzer. And the other one is to include women that you're not allowed to marry because of chayave uh, karetot. You get, because you get karet. And that would be those who are arayot mentioned in the Mishnah. So that's how Dashlakish learns that even if one, they are not of eligible to be married, nevertheless, he has to pay the fine. That's a shakish. Actually, if you look in Shemot, it says the word bitula three times. Uh, it doesn't say three times. It says bitula, uh, but it says habitulot. But we can parse that down to three words: uh, the single bitula, the plural bitulot, and with ha yidia habitulot. 
And so from each of these variations, we learn one for itself and one to include like Mamzer, and the other two include like those uh, incest relations that are mentioned in the Mishnah. All right, so we have two ways of deriving it. So the question is, why do we need both? How come a papa doesn't agree to learn it from the word na'ara uh, that is found in the Sefer Devarim? Because um, a papa will say, I need the word na'ara to teach me something about abaye, uh, the abaye taught from, derived from there. If you have a case where uh, someone uh, rapes uh, this uh, young girl and uh, before they get to court, she dies. She dies of natural causes, uh, whatever. And so uh, in the, before the court can give a sentencing. So then he doesn't have to pay because the Pasuk says that he will give to the father of the young girl, and not to the father of someone who's who's dead. Uh, so that's he. So the papa says, "I need the word nada to teach me the law of abaye." Okay, fine. Now let's turn it around. doesn't learn it from habitulot like the papa does. I will tell you, I says, I need that for to learn the amount of money. As I mentioned before, um, it says the words that this will be the bride price. It says that in Shemot, but it doesn't say how much. Uh, so we need to uh, attach us to the other, the, the law of uh, in Devarim, where it says it's 50 kesef. And so the 50 kesef, now I know what it is. And 50 kesef, I know that that is the number, but how do I know that that's the, that, that is the usual amount that a betula should get? Oh, because it says mohara betulot here. So he needs, he needs ha betulot to attach uh, these two laws together and teach that all betulot, they get 50, uh, 200 zoos, which is 50 shekel kesef. Okay, now, now Shakish, doesn't he also agree with Abaye and would need Na'ara to teach me the law of Abaye that if she died, he doesn't pay? And wouldn't a papa also need the Gezerah Shava here to teach me that the Mohar Betulot is 50 Kesef? So actually, they need each other, so neither of them can use any of these Pesukim. But we have to go through all that to understand this answer. Actually, there are six verses written all together, meaning six words, uh, instances of na'ara, hana'ara, betula, betulot, habetulot, um, that we can use to derive things from. So today, one of the na'ara and one betula, that we need for the original context of those two of those laws. One of the na'ara instances will be to teach the law of Abaye that if she died, doesn't pay. And one of the Bitula instances will be to teach that the amount of, a bri- of um, uh, uh, the bride price is 50 shekel. Uh, now we have two extra. One of them, one of the Na'ara uh, and one of the Bitula, those are two extra. And you don't have to say them both for both laws because both of these laws have already been connected. 
the seduction and the rape, and so want to include Chayav Elavin, and want to include also Chayav Ekeretot, that even though one is not allowed to marry them, uh, since they are, don't get Chayav Mita in Betin, so they have they get that punishment, and they also will, will have to pay the fine, even though they can't go through with the marriage. Now we're going to note that our Mishnah is, uh, would, would disagree with the following two opinions. Our Mishnah said that the man would have to pay a fine, both for an Isur Lav, like a Mamzeret, where the, if, if one does Kiddushin with a Mamzeret, the Kiddushin does take effect. They are legally married. They're just not allowed to remain married. And so he would have to pay a fine. Also, if, for example, the case of sister, where it was an Isur Karet, in that case, if you try to do Kiddushin, the Kiddushin does not even work. And nevertheless, he still has to pay a fine. So uh, the Tanav Armishnah says he has to pay a fine no matter what, even in both of those cases. But this excludes the following Baraita, the Tanya. Uh, this is the Pasuk that he has to pay the fine in the case of rape. Shimon Batimni Omer Isha Havaya. He would have to pay the rape to in any case where Kiddushin does take effect. Uh, so that would include Mamzer, but would exclude uh, Adayot. So Shimon Bentini would say, in the case of Adayot, if someone rapes his uh, uh, close relative, Isur Karet, he would not have to pay a fine. Rabbi Shimon ben Menasya Omer, Isha Hadeuya Lekayama. Rabbi Shimon Menasya excludes, excludes the paying of the fine even more, and he says you only have to pay a fine if it's with a, if the rape is with a woman who he can remain married to. Um, and so that would mean not a sister and not a mamzed. He can't, the, the sister can't be married in the first place. The mamzedet, he cannot, he can't, the marriage works, but he cannot remain married to. So meaning in all the cases of the Mishnah, uh, would not have to pay. All right, the rest of the daf is going to explain the difference between these two opinions. My benayhu, which case would be uh, one agree with two, with not the other. Would be a difference according to the first opinion. Shimon Timni, these can marry. Kiddushin does take effect, and so therefore he would have to pay a fine. But according to the Bishop Ben Minasya, who says you only pay a fine if you are allowed to remain married to them, uh, you can't remain married to a Mamzeret or Netina, and so he would not have to pay a fine for them. Okay, now, Ulrbi Akiva, hold on, all that was according to the majority of, of Tanaim. But Rabbi Akiva, we remember from Masechet Yevamot, had a much more stringent um, definition of what creates a Mamzer. Uh, he said that even Chayave Lavin, like a Mamzeret, Kiddushin does not work. So then, uh, since the Kiddushin does not take effect in that case, then that would be they, both Tanaim, both Rabbi Shimon's and this Baraita would agree that no fine in that case. So, what would be a case that would be different between them? If an almana marries a Kohen Gadol, this would include a, a regular Kohen marrying a divorcee. But we're using this example. Um, then that is not, it, it's a it's a sur lav. Um, and so a, this is uh, less than the chayave lavin. De tanya. 
רבי סימאי אומר, מן הכל עושה רבי עקיבא ממזרין חוץ, והמנה לכהן גדול שאמרה תורה, לא ייקח ולא יחלל. חילודין הוא עושה, ואין עושין ממזרין. Even though both of them are mentioned as a love, um, but רבי סימאי explains that רבי עקיבא would make a distinction between these two cases. Uh, רבי עקיבא would say, any איסור love, like ממזרת נתינה, uh, the kiddushin would not take effect. Except for Almanat marrying Kohen Gadol, because there it says, Lo yikach ve lo yichalel. He shall not take in marriage, because if he does so, he will profane. That means the marriage does, does work, because a child that he has will be a halal. Uh, but the, the word does say the word yikach. So it makes a halal, but it does not make a mamzer. Okay, these two things go together. If it makes a mamzer, then the kiddushin doesn't work. If it doesn't make a mamzer, that means the kiddushin does work. Okay, so uh, even according to the Biakiva, we do still have a case of Almana le Kohen Gadol, where uh, the first opinion would say that produces, uh, that marriage does take effect, and you have to pay a fine, and the second Rabbi Shimon says the marriage does not take effect, and you would, um, uh, not, the marriage does not take effect, and uh, he would not pay, he, he, he was, the marriage does take effect, but you can't remain married to her. And so therefore, you would not pay a fine. Fine. That is still, uh, there's still yet another, even more stringent opinion within Rabbi Akiva, which is said by Rabbi Yeshevav. He said, let us go and yell at Rabbi Akiva. His name was Akiva ben Yosef. Uh, because he is going to make a lot of mamzerim by, by uh, being more stringent and including more, uh, um, more appropriate relationships as producing mamzerim, he's causing mamzerim to uh, increase in Israel. And so in his interpretation of Rabbi Akiva, he says, any time that one cannot have bi'ah, any a Jew cannot have bi'ah, and that would include a kohen to a divorcee or a kohen gadol to a almana. The child is a mamzer, and so now, according to according to this definition, what is the difference between the two tanaim? Right. So far, all the cases that we've said before, said said so far, not only are prohibited to remain married to, but the marriage will not even take effect. So, what would be a case that would be different between the two Shimons? My benayhu, ika benayhu, mitzriva adomi. Oh, some someone who's prohibited not by a love. But as a mitzvah aseh, so regarding a mitzri in Adomi, it says uh, one uh, um, that uh, one should not marry a um, an Adomi or mitzri in the first two generations. But if you look in the language of the Torah, it never says you're not allowed to marry them. It just says banim sher ivaledu lehem doshi lehem Rather, it says you may marry them. Um, uh, uh, after three generations. So from this we derive that, okay, before three generations you shouldn't marry them. From three and on, then you can. So since it says it as an aseh, uh, so if one does marry someone from the first two generations of an Adomi or Misri, they are violating an aseh, but they're not uh, violating a law ta'aseh. And violation of misvat aseh is a much lower prohibition uh, than a love. And so in this case, one cannot remain married to such a person, um, but, the, um, but the marriage will take effect and will not produce a mamzer 
even according to the Biyashabav's interpretation of the Biyakiva. All right, so it looks like now with this the most stringent, but wait, there's yet one more permutation. We're not sure. Did he say his statement as a, as a standalone statement, or was he responding to the BCMI? If he was responding to the BCMI, then it makes sense because the BCMI said, no, all Lavim are Mamzerim, except for Kohen Gadol. And then the Bishavav is going to come and add to what he said and says, even Kohen Gadol Almanah is also Mamzer. So that's sufficient. He's adding something, but that still leaves over the Chayaveh Aseh, Misrin Adomi, that even the Bishavav would not include in Rabbi Akiva's prohibited category. So then that's fine. This would be um, a difference between the two opinions. But, if Rabbi Shabab was saying a standalone statement, not in response, well, then we have to take it as more of a blanket statement. If he's saying an absolute statement, standalone, this is any time there's a prohibition for Israel, for to have bi'ah, then the child will be a mamzer. And that's going to include even hayaveh aseh, because no one is pro- is permitted to marry a misri or adami in the first two generations, um, even though it's only uh, violating aseh, so it's less, but still that is included in the standalone statement. And that would mean that everyone would agree that such a marriage does not even take hold and certainly cannot remain. And so it would be the difference according to Rabbi Yeshevav. If he has a standalone statement, that's a blanket statement about everything. What case could we find that would be a difference between the two Rabbi Shimon's? And the final answer is, If a Kohen Gadol um, is uh, rapes as someone who's Be'ula, who's not, who's, she is not a Betula. So he is prohibited from marrying her. That's true. But that prohibition is a lower level. Why? Um, because, number one, it's not a love, it's an ase. We're not talking about, before we talk, talk about Kohen Gadol Ta'almana. That is a love. But marrying someone who was never married, but she was a Be'ula, that just violates the Misvat Ase that Kohen Gadol has to marry a Betula. So it's a misvat ase, and it's also less stringent than misrin adomi because shenoshavekol does not apply across the board to all uh, Jews. It only applies to the kohen gadol. So since it's a misvat ase, and it applies only to one person, so even the biyeshevav standalone statement would say that this is okay because he said kol Israel and kohen gadol. Is uh, not does not uh, represent all of Israel. He's only one person, and in Aseh, even Rabbi Yeshevav would say in this case would make a difference uh, that Kohen uh, um, Gadol would be um, prohibited from marrying uh, this uh, Beula. But if he did marry her, the Kiddushin would remain, uh, would would take effect, but he wouldn't be able to. Uh, uh, to remain married to her. So that would be a case where, uh, according to the first opinion, he would have to pay a fine because the marriage does take effect. According to the second of Shimon, he would not have to pay a fine because he's not allowed to remain married to her. All right, that was fun. Amen v'amen.